From KYW in Philadelphia, this is Scroll Down. I'm Tom Ricker. Today on the podcast. The biggest thing when I first got there was probably just the sheer volume of fire. It's a five alarm fire. I mean, this was raging. And you talk about flames 50 feet in the air. That thought running through my head, oh my goodness, what about the people inside? An assisted living community demolished by a scary, enormous fire. I really thought I was looking at something of historic magnitude. That went to five alarms in minutes. People were wheeled out on their beds. 137 residents that need to be taken out in wheelchairs and walkers. They literally had fire departments on the scene from three counties. And a community in the Philadelphia suburbs that got up in the middle of the night and sprang into action. They risked their lives to bring out everyone they could. When I looked and I saw the people of Westchester who just showed up, people showed up with blankets. Neighbors were wheeling these people up the hill to safety. One guy's got a walker lugged over his shoulder. I'm like, wow, this is amazing to see how these people did it. Check, 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 check. One, two, three. One, two, three. Okay. Thursday night, November 16th, around 10.45 p.m., the Barclay Friends Nursing Home goes up in flames. The next morning... KYW News Time, 4.33, an enormous fire in the dead of night at a landmark assisted living facility in Westchester. KYW's Paul Kurtz is there and joins us live with the story. Paul? My name is Paul Kurtz. I'm a reporter and anchor for KYW. Can you... Just tell me about your morning. My morning began with a, a phone call at 12.30 uh, that, that, uh, from the newsroom. <clears throat> Woke me up. And uh, I was scheduled to work at 4 a.m. anyway. And I was told about the fire. And I should go out there early, get a jump on it. First thing that hit me was the smoke. And smoke is uh, still, the smell of smoke is still in the air. I'm several blocks away from the Barclay Friends uh, uh, home. You could smell it from a long distance. My car was quite a ways from the staging area that firefighters, police set up. And almost from the moment I got out of my car, I could smell the smoke. First arriving units found heavy fire in the south side of the building. Fire department spokesman Dave Marsh says first responders arrived at the assisted living facility shortly before 11 p.m. Crews, along with the police department and fire department, entered this building, made numerous rescues, and helped with evacuation. Uh, First responders went in at around 10.45 last night and evacuated more more than than 100 100 residents. residents. There are some injuries. Some were brought out uh, in wheelchairs and on beds. It was uh, a lot of uh, older residents wrapped up in blankets. Westchester Mayor Jordan Norley. It was certainly chaotic in the beginning. There's a lot of different uh, residents from the senior living facility outside and trying to stay warm. Yeah, so uh, there were remnants of what what had happened. I saw a couple of wheelchairs, uh, some oxygen canis- uh, canisters. There were blankets piled up on the sidewalk and uh, well, uh, walkers. There were walkers stacked up leaning against the, uh, the, the blankets and... It was really sad to look at that, to think that people 
elderly people, frail old people, some sick, shivering in the cold at midnight. Uh, obviously, the the alternative could have been a lot worse. But um, but what what a what a scene of, de- of the scene of devastation that was. At one point, they specifically ask somebody, how many ambulances do you need? And the woman, calm as calm calm could be, I need everything you can give me. That was one of those moments driving down that just was, wow, what am I driving to kind of thing. I'm Dan Miller. I am a traffic editor and traffic reporter here at KYW News Radio. I'm also a volunteer firefighter been in the fire service for 30 years. I'm with a couple of fire companies in Montgomery County. On Thursday, November 16th, 10.30 p.m., around 10.30, where are you? I was at home in my apartment in Montgomery County. My my girlfriend is resigned to the fact that we always have scanners on in the house, and I have one that I can hear from bed. And I heard the dispatch, and I just heard them upgrade to a second alarm, a third alarm, And there's also in public safety what is called an MCI. That's a mass casualty incident. means they need a lot of ambulances. There's a lot of injuries. I heard them upgrade to a a third-level mass casualty incident rather quickly. And I was like, I I need to go down. I've seen the pictures, and this building was gutted. How big was this fire? Like, In in terms of scale, what, what are we talking about here? In 30 years I've been involved in in fire, that was one of the largest ones for sheer volume of what the building was. When I showed up, that one whole side, that wing of the building was nothing more than a fireball. And the one thing that kept going through my head was, oh, those poor people. They brought crews in from Delaware County, Montgomery County, Lancaster County. I saw probably in the neighborhood of 40 to 50 ambulances. Fire departments, I saw Newtown Square pull up from down around Granite Run Mall, the Rocky Run Fire Company. They were up there. Uh, Royers Ford was called in. Uh, Limerick Fire Company was down there. There were a lot of fire companies that came a great distance. I heard 400 people at one point. So it's, I mean, this was a once, once in a career thing for a lot of people. Fortunately, we don't see that kind of uh, fire that often. But it was, it, was, it, just, it was amazing to see that size of a building fully engulfed in flames. Well, let me kind of paint this picture for you if I can. The The nursing home itself was set down in, in, a, in a ravine of sorts, and we were up the hill, could not see it from the staging area. As the morning went on, I and, I and other reporters started going in the neighborhood and I found a guy whose home was on the hill you could look over the hill what I could see uh, it was clearly a uh, devastation so normally a one alarm fire just per se two engines a ladder an ambulance and a fire chief he told me that the fire got his attention out his back window right after he turned off the Flyers game. Second alarm, they may add two more engines, another ladder. And he opened the curtains and he saw this big orange 
flame going 50 feet in the air, and he, first he thought his house was on fire. It's, you, it's a set amount of specific equipment, and as you realize that you need more equipment, you'll add another alarm. Everyone referred to that as a five-alarm fire. The flames had come close enough to the trees where there was concern that the trees would catch fire. It's a five-alarm fire. I mean, this was raging. And you talk about flames 50 feet in the air. But he told me this this remarkable story. Somehow, all of these other people found out. Residents in the neighborhood who went down there to the nursing home at the height of the fire. You just saw ordinary people like you, me, that were civilians. People were wheeled out on their beds, some in wheelchairs. And they, I don't know if anyone went into the building, probably not, but they helped rescue people. This is pretty pretty incredible. The, the neighborhood resident told me that, that neighbors were wheeling these people up the hill to safety. And uh, all they had were thin blankets. And that was what was left. And I saw just the people of Westchester and the, and the surrounding communities who just showed up. These people showed up with blankets. They showed up with, with uh, food, water. I mean, these people just came out to help. An entire neighborhood mobilized, jumping out of bed, many of them, throwing on a jacket and going down there and helping rescue those people. One person's pushing the wheelchair, another person's pulling it. One guy's got a walker lugged over his shoulder. I'm like, it was just crazy. Uh, I, I, you can't under, underscore that enough that that was, uh, that was, they should be hailed too, along with the uh, first responders. KYW News Time 511, recapping our top story. More than 100 people have been evacuated from the Barclay Friends Assisted Living Facility in Westchester. The entire place went up in flames overnight. Scores chased from their homes, several injured. No word on the cause. Several residents have been taken to a local uh, area hospitals there. KYW's Paul Kurtz is on the scene this morning gathering up information for us. No hard numbers yet. There were earlier reports of 20 injured, but uh, no deaths. We should be getting an update in, in an hour or so. The size of the fire, it went to five fire alarms and five EMS alarms. And now it was, what happened? Who's missing? Is anyone missing? Anyone dead? Chief, did anyone lose their life in this fire? I cannot comment on, we're still investigating. I cannot make any comments on anything about the victims. Coming up next, the heroes who rescued more than 100 seniors from a burning building. A few big questions, a few answers, and a tragic discovery. Scroll down, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Scroll Down. Monday, November 20th. Four days after a massive five-alarm fire consumed the Barclay Friends Assisted Living Facility in Westchester, Pennsylvania. We are awaiting a press conference from the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms... Let's take you there live now. All right, last Thursday night. This is Chester County District Attorney Tom Hogan. A cold and windy night. Barkley Friends Senior Assisted Living Center. 
There were 137 residents there, 15 staff members, a total of 152 people. A little bit before 11 o'clock at night, most of those 137 senior citizens were in bed when a fire started in the back of one of the buildings. And in moments, it ripped through the building, getting all the way up into the ceiling, creating a raging inferno. Firefighters, police officers, staff members, citizens had minutes to get those citizens out, to get those residents to safety. Many of them in wheelchairs, walkers, many of them with physical and mental issues. And they performed heroically. When I first got there, I walked through the trees to get into the parking lot, and it was literally a two-floor inferno, probably 100, 100 feet across, 50 feet deep. The Westchester Fire Department and the surrounding agencies down there, they did one heck of a job. Now, if you think about it, you've got 137 residents, most of whom are already in their beds. 137 residents that need to be taken out in wheelchairs and walkers. That one video that came out that showed them pulling people out was was amazing. What you're going to see in this video is some of the residents coming out and the firefighters responding as quickly as they can. See the smoke? Woman taken out by a firefighter. If you look over here, you'll see flames are already to the front of the building. You'll notice those firefighters didn't even have time to put their breathing apparatus on. And they were going in there to pull people out. You saw somebody who wasn't even in a uniform there. That was the driver of the fire truck, realizing what an emergency this was and that he had to help them get that hose light laid because they had people to get out and had to hose this down. The police department was involved in the rescues. The fire department was involved in the rescues. I'm sure the EMS crews were involved in the rescues as well. Police officers were running in there without any breathing apparatus. The firefighters told me that they kept going back in there until their helmets were melting and cracked. In jobs like that, the fire service, police, it's when things get bad to where it gets to that catastrophic magnitude is where people shine, and those people definitely shine. They risked their lives to bring out everyone they could. Now, based on the speed of this fire and based on the condition of the residents, we would have expected to lose 40 to 50 people in a fire like this. It was only the heroic actions of the first responders that prevented that. It was, I still, every time I talk about it, I'm just going to say it was amazing. It was amazing that they got so many people out safely. They managed to get 133 of those Chester County citizens to safety. But we're here today to announce that there is a tragedy. There are still four of those residents, four of those Chester County citizens who are unaccounted for, who were not saved. And right now, ATF, the Chester County Fire Marshals, Chester County Detectives, the police are sifting through the wreckage and the rubble of that building, looking for those four people. And we're not expecting good news. The four people who are unaccounted for, one is a married couple. 
The wife, 89 years old, the husband, 92 years old. There is an 85-year-old woman who has yet to be accounted for and a 93-year-old woman. And their families are waiting for our calls right now. The whole Westchester community has come together to take care of these 137 residents who were displaced from their homes right before Thanksgiving. Now people ask me, what can we do for these four people who are not accounted for as their families are waiting for word even right now? Say a prayer for them and their families. They are going through some of the toughest times you could possibly imagine. So what's going on right now? The National Response Team from ATF is here. The National Response Team who has handled things like the World Trade Center, who has handled things like the Oklahoma City bombing, who is used to dealing with these events. We are tremendously appreciative that they have brought that national level of expertise here to work hand in glove with our fire responders, with our Chester County detectives, as we go through this investigation. My only request is please be sensitive to these families as we are doing recovery at the scene. One day later, Tuesday, November 21st, this is CBS 3 Eyewitness News anchor Yuki Washington. We are breaking news tonight out of Westchester. Investigators at the Fire Ravage Barclay Friends Senior Living Community have located the remains of two people. This news comes five days after the massive blaze destroyed part of the community. Authorities said four residents were missing. Efforts to locate the remaining two will resume tomorrow. Wednesday, November 22nd, the remains of the last two victims are found by investigators digging through the rubble. One week later, on Tuesday, November 28th, Chester County officials have released the identities of the four people killed in a massive fire at a senior living community. Dolores and Thomas Parker, Mildred Gaddy, and Teresa Malloy were all residents of Barclay Friends in Westchester. They died in the November 16th fire. Investigators have not said what caused the blaze, but the four victims died of smoke inhalation. 27 other people were injured. Earlier you said that um, it was a shock to you that only four people died. Um, why is that surprising? The, the, the speed at which the fire spread it broke out at 1045. They brought it under control sometime a little after one. And in that interim, that fire raced up to five alarms. And the description neighbors made of the entire building going up, the flames shooting into the air, the the rescuers, they must have gone into that building at breakneck speed and gotten those people out. There were over a hundred people. They got out of there. They they rescued. So they must have been moving. And and at the same time, the building's on fire. Not just on fire. It's on fire. And they got them out. It, it's it it's incredible. And I, I don't want I don't want to minimize 
the four deaths, tragic as, as they are. But it could have been a lot worse. Paul, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Tom. What don't we know yet? What, what kind of questions are, are we still waiting to have answered? Well, from our side, we're all waiting for the cause. I, I mean, the initial dispatch for that particular fire was smoke in the building. And that was all I heard because by the time everybody got there, it had been upgraded to a building fire. So we're waiting to see that. Like, one thing that puzzled me, a newer building, that building was only built in the mid to late 90s. And it's wood truss, which is a type of construction, which is very lightweight. It's inexpensive for a builder. But if it doesn't have sprinklers, it burns very quickly, as that fire did. Where was the sprinkler system for that one? That's that's my biggest question. And a lot of times you get a building like that, sometimes the fire gets above the sprinkler. But when I got there, everything was burning from the roof to the ground. So somewhere in there, something probably failed. Dan, thank you for your time. Thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me. And that brings us to Friday, December 8th. Federal investigators now say they have pinned down where... That fast-moving, deadly fire struck the Barclay Friends Senior Living Community in Westchester in mid-November. It started in a rear-covered patio. KYW Steve Tawa reports. I'm Steve Tawa. I'm a reporter here at KYW News Radio, and I've been following the Westchester fire since uh, mid-November. Can you tell us about what we learned today? Ever since that fire happened in mid-November, um, it took about three and a half days to even find out that there were still people missing in the rubble. That's how massive it was, and that's how delicate the operation was to sift through that sprawling complex. So here we are now in December, and investigators are beginning to narrow it down. We spoke with the ATF's Charlene Hennessy, and she says there's no evidence to suggest that it was an arson. It appears to be accidental, but she doesn't want to take that to the bank yet. She's anticipating an ATF briefing will be held next week. They're trying to trace its path right now through that sprawling complex, but at least you begin to see the picture coming out of it, that there's an exterior wall, a covered patio, and that's where the fire took hold. We know where it started. That still leaves us with a couple of really important questions. What started it and why did it spread so fast? It went to five alarms in a couple of minutes. There can be speculation, you know, was it somebody who was simply smoking a cigarette out there? It was a very windy night. Um... There could have been an electrical problem, uh, but the ATF forensic investigators and engineers have been there since the day after the fire. One of the other things they're going to be looking at is whether the fire suppression system worked. Uh, As they were evacuating these frail elderly residents, there's some information that um, the sprinkler system may not have worked because they weren't drenched. Who knows how they were evacuated or specifically where they were evacuated and where the sprinkler system was in relationship uh, to these elderly folks. But certainly, these ATF investigators are going to be looking at the fire suppression system and whether those sprinklers were working properly. Are there any other questions that you especially want to know the answers 
too in this investigation. I'm thinking the other way around that it's a tragedy what happened to these four victims, but it was a heroic effort by these first responders, many of whom went in there. You, you heard about firefighters whose helmets were melted. Um, you heard about police officers who were going in there without gas masks on. Uh, you heard about uh, people on the street coming in there and helping these folks, wheeling them out any way they could. So I, I think it's more remarkable that it wasn't worse than it was. Steve, thanks so much for making the time to come on the podcast. You bet. So that's where the story stands as of today, Friday, the 8th of December. Anytime something new comes in, I'll send it out from the show's Twitter handle. It's at ScrollDownKYW. You can follow me on Twitter, too. I'm at T-Rick, T-E-E-R-I-C-K. A big thank you to Steve Tawa for bringing us up to date and our other two guests for helping us tell this story. Paul Kurtz. Follow me uh, on Twitter at Kurtz Paul, K-U-R-T-Z Paul, and on Facebook and on the radio. And Dan Miller. I am online at Traffic Dan KYW on Twitter, and I have Traffic Dan KYW on Facebook as well. Usually I, my whole thing is geared towards highway safety and public safety. If you liked the show, there's a way you can help us keep making it. Leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It goes a long way toward helping other people find out about the podcast. I'm Tom Rickard. Thanks for listening to Scroll Down. I'll talk to you next time.